3rd of June 1977. Days like this I can chase the sun right across Leeds and never stop snapping. A burned out synagogue on Louis Street. Elysian House over Wortley Way. A rusty gas holder, beautiful in the sunlight. And dandelions all over Quarry Hill where the bright orange nursery had suddenly vanished. It always had rumours about it, and I think it was always mysterious. I think it was a building that you can't really forget. And it was very daunting, you know, for somebody that didn't live there. It wasn't as simple to navigate as, as you would think. Well, the whole thing was a, a masterpiece in my eyes of design. Part of the history of Quality Hill is that Hitler, had he have taken over the world like it wanted to, had plans of moving all, a lot of his troops into Quality Hill as barracks. Uh, God forbid that ever happened. Uh, I think I don't think they'd let him in Quality Hill. We'd have, we'd have had a go at him. <laughs> There was what people had said about it. You know, is it a social experiment? Is it a new model city? Is it the white citadel? And I just thought, well, artists were here. Surely they must have painted Quarry Hill flats. But no, but no. At that time, I was keeping an extensive diary. And you notice little things straight away. Um, you know, it was quiet, almost going back to the countryside. And although Rose Bay Willow Herb would have grown up waist high, you instantly recognise it as something different, something special. And so I, I knew that I was going to do something about it. And that took 20 years of thinking about it before they redecorated Leeds City Art Gallery and opened the new gallery there with this Quarry Hill show. My name is Martin Maguire and I lived here in Quarry Hill Flats that stood on this site in Leeds City Centre. Over 40 years since their demolition in 1976, there is now not a single thing left of the buildings that I and over 3,000 others lived and grew up in. The ambitious scale and design of the flats were the envy of social housing planners around Europe when they were built in the 1930s. But by the 1970s, the demolition order was signed and the long process of knocking them down began. The artist and photographer Peter Mitchell came to Leeds just in time to record the history of the flats and the lives lived there alongside images of the demolition. In this series, you will hear stories about the photos, the book and the flats from Peter and from the people who lived there as well as many others who want to remember the important part that Quarry Hill has played in the history of the city. College ended, Hornsey College of Art in London. It was just, you just opened the paper and you could just, you had a choice of four or five, so I applied for a driving job. I went along to Sun Electrical, and they just sort of said, oh, so you want to, all right, lads, you're on, you're on. I said, well, I don't know Leeds, I've only just been in Leeds. T 
two weeks or something like that. And he said, oh, you'll get used to it, you'll get your... I'll let you go with Freddie, he knows Leeds well. So, got driving, got to know Leeds, and pretty quickly, you know, you can do without the, the big breakfast and the big dinner. And um, I could get finished my round, which is just here in Leeds city centre, few on the outside, sometimes up to Seacroft. But photography was coming in and I was photographing buildings and then silk screening them. And I set, I set up the studio then and I left Sun Electrical and set up my own screen printing business. Thought Peter Mitchell, it sounds so common, doesn't it? It's no middle name. And at, at the bottom is a badge from my teenage years of the winged cobra. So th this is an e Egyptian emblem of two wings coming out, two cobras in the middle. And I found out, because it used to drive and deliver to it, that Temple Mills, which was Kay's warehouse in those days, and there it was, this great winged cobra, right the whole length of the build of, of the office building. So it was poster design and printed um, by the Wing Cobra Workshop. He had the first colour photography exhibition in York in 1979, so he's somebody whose profile was there a long time before a lot of this stuff was being done. So he's a man who's raised the profile of photography, not just for, the, for Yorkshire, but UK-wide, and I think the interest in him now is is long overdue and well well garnered so yeah kind of photography of the north of england as well because it was often sort of photographed in black and white and grainy kind of yeah. rainy scenes and i think what's beautiful about his pictures is that he draws out the beauty in um whether it's um, decay or um industry he, he draws out a beautiful um compositions much like a, an artist i guess a fine artist would you know, create a composition, he does that, and that's what makes his photographs treasure, you know, to, to, to regard and respect, yeah. Hi, I'm Becky, um, I'm co-owner here at Cosmo Berry. Yeah, I'm Andy Gray, I'm the other co-owner of Cosmo Berry. We're based in Leeds, we're at the back of the market on Quarry Hill, um, and we are a art and design bookshop with a gallery uh, space attached. The first time we met him, I think we we sort of fell for him straight away. So he's had um, international exhibitions and I think he's very well respected in the photo world and um, you know his books sell really well and all the rest of it. I think what we're kind of witness to is that he's not really respected here in a way that would be good for the city to sort of respect the work that he's done and display the work that he's done to the people that have lived in it and experienced it and so that it, I think he is very well regarded but he's kind of overlooked in the north which seems sad to me because he did stay and a lot of you know there's a lot of conversations these days about encouraging artists to stay in the north and not go to London to get work whether they're graphic designers or illustrators and he stayed here. It was just the idea that it didn't matter where you were it's always changing, there's always something to see. Because we've been living through an era of a kind of rekindling of the photo book, and the photo book's had a, a real place, you know, and there's lots of them being produced. I think this is a, 
a real marker, like a progenitor of what came after. You know, it's a really cleverly thought out book, you know. Well, not clever, but it's actually got heart. It's intelligent, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, mm. it's showing a dismantling, but it's also showing the other side of it. It's archiving a history of it being built and the families that live there. So when you see some peeling wallpaper, you're not thinking, well, there's a building that's going to be knocked down. You suddenly have on the facing page often something that brings life to that mm. place. And suddenly you, there's people living there and that wallpaper's new again. You know, So I think it's really cleverly been put together. But it's also got a lovely way of writing about um, things mm. and the, the diary excerpts and stuff. Yeah. Just beautiful like, observations, you know, of the time. And just like you say, connecting... Um, to humans connecting to real life mm. you know a lot of photo books don't do that they're just laid out beautifully and yeah. you know you enjoy a picture of a landscape or a, a door or whatever you know and there's nothing to give you a, a narrative or, or to root it anywhere towards the end i spent a day within the white citadel jotting thoughts amongst the waist-high grass and rose bay willow herb the demolition was between contracts so it was silent, save for the odd jet flying high over the giant circle. Near Victoria House, a white gypsy horse eyed me expectantly. Actually, the only white around, all else grey and rust. There was no outcry to save the estate or get it listed, no harebrained scheme to turn it into something dramatic, crazy or desperately needed. Leeds and the rest of the UK were morphing with no place for a block of council flats in a metropolitan city centre. You know, some people were a bit cruel about it being nostalgia and, you know, I think it's more to it than that. And I think it is a looking through the lens of, you know, today really and, and, and looking at the past and seeing things repeat themselves and and how we don't respect the lessons of the past and these mean a lot to people, especially at the moment, you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learnt from the cycles of decay and, um, you know, demolition. Um, so I think, yeah, I think he's got a, a lot more recognition yeah. of late, but I do think that it would be lovely for the city to you know to document what he's done in a permanent way like a permanent collection that people can go and visit even if it's not a show even if it's a way that there's an archive that, that you know you can go and look at and, and appreciate you know he's getting this billing you know parry photo and he's all and, and i think it's very soon he's in belgium you know so you know those countries are saying well pete mitchell's important um he's right up there with people like john Bulmer, who was working at the same time and just John Bourne was working for the Times, mm. you know, and, and being sent out with a big budget to go and capture the North. Peter was doing it because he wanted to. Mm. I think Peter sometimes he's working on, he's presenting to you an erasing of history. It's there because you don't see the erasing unless you see what happened before. And it's those moments in between are kind of in that book. You know, there's lives lived. And I think it's quite an emotional thing. I think my favourite page in the book is um, page 48 because it's got Kitson House and um, you, you can see um, this was taken in the when it, when it first went up and they had uh, road sweepers and uh, there's a guy with a rake, he was doing the garden and the grassy bits and the planting 
And uh, this, this is the archway that takes you out to the Woodpecker Junction. And if you go above the arch and to the left, you see my mum and dad's bedroom, the front room and the veranda. So that's the um, inside of the flat where we lived. And if we come to the other picture at the top is the uh, kitchen house looking from the east, so looking from the Woodpecker Junction. And if you go above the arch now, up one, two, three, and to the right, you have four bedrooms, one, two, three, four. They were our four bedrooms facing York Road. And I was in one of those. And the, the lights from the, the cars coming down York Road used to dance around the ceiling and the, and the walls. And uh, it was interesting and scary at the same time. And then there is another picture opposite of Kitson House when it's been demolished. And uh, if you go from the archway, one, two, and there is no third window because they started at the top and worked their way down and uh, our flat's gone. That's a fascinating book, that, because that was like um, the end of Quarryal Flats. You know, it did show pictures and that, but it was, a lot of the photographs was the sort of the down part of Quarryal Flats. It, that was pretty sad to see. You know, it's a fantastic book, we love it. But, um, you know, to see all the ones when it were vibrant, full of people, and then to see the end of it, it was quite sad. We love looking in the book. You know, even though it's the sad parts, there's some lovely, lovely pictures. Well, Peter's book is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I can't think of a, a better tribute that, 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 that we've got, really, than, than the book. I mean, it's just... Some of the photographs in there are just stunning, really. You know, it deserves its it deserves its rightful recognition. The book is it's, it's a brilliant piece. The one of the front of the laundry. I mean, it's an amazing picture, isn't it? And you just think what could have been, really. You know, and if you look at like the boiler room and things like that, and all the all the efforts that went into their construction and all the ideas that went with it. It just seems such a shame that they were mercy to the bulldozers, bulldozers and, the, and the wrecking balls, really. 18th of January, 1976. Snapping at Quarry Hill. Whenever I determine to have a lengthy session down there, the weather turns cold and miserable, but I'm slowly getting to know the pictures I want. Demolition continues on the Marsh Lane side, and the exodus of inhabitants goes on invisibly. On the upper levels, the wind howls in, making scary noises and slamming doors and windows. I managed to get out onto the roof today and it was like going up on deck. A sense of excitement, a touch of ocean liners and the hint of funnels from the high chimneys. Leaning over the curved roof rail, I could see leads on the horizon. Jenkinson came up with a Viennese plan 
We'll knock down the houses, build streets in the sky New homes for the Leeds working class They'll be half a mile long and six stories high We'll call them the Quarry Hill Flats Oh, someday I'm glad that they're gone And others they long for them still Built with a proud name to modest and shame Flats that stood on Quarry Hill The Quarry Hill Flats The Quarry Hill Flats Do you remember the Quarry Hill Flats? You've been listening to a Better Songs production produced by Rosie Parsons and Verity Watts. It featured the voices of me, Peter Mitchell, along with Tony Baker, Martin Brennan, Jack Longbottom, Martin Maguire, Teresa Tosney, Margaret Shippen, Steve Pye, Becky Palfrey and Andy Gray. Special thanks go to Rudy Thomas, Don Maguire, Leeds City Museum, Colours May Vary, Tony Macaluso and Rum Doodle for the use of their song, The Quarry Hill Flats. The project was recorded entirely during lockdown and was funded by Leeds City College Arts Fund. Memento Mori is published by RRB Photo Books and is available via strangelyfamiliar.co.uk.